0: GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. We're live every day on Radio Gibraltar and on GBC television from 1 to 2. I'm Jonathan Scott, the show's presenter. Wednesdays are a bit different as we delve into one topic in more depth. The outgoing Director General of the Health Authority, Patrick Gagan, joined us in the studio for an extended interview and to answer questions from our listeners. More on that in just a moment. But first we go to one of our top stories. Local driving licences will be recognised by Spain regardless of the outcome of treaty negotiations. Against the backdrop of Gibraltar's long list of post-Brexit concerns, this felt like a positive development. So we asked the Deputy Chief Minister, does this tell us something about the mood music in those treaty negotiations?
1: well the, the, the this question is not is not part of the the wider treaty uh, negotiations, neither was it part of the united kingdom 's own exit treaty that 's why they needed to negotiate country by country what the arrangement uh, was going to be. My understanding I mean in June of last year, there were four countries left uh, as Italy, France, uh, Cyprus and Croatia. Of those, there are now two that remain, Croatia and Cyprus. So it would mean for a Gibraltar license holder or UK license holder that you still need an international driving permit to go to either of those two countries. But I would like to read across to the wider treaty because obviously there are different issues. But nonetheless, it is a positive development, yes
0: joseph garcia the deputy chief minister gibraltar driving licenses will continue to be recognized in spain then but no real insight into how those negotiations on our future relationship with the eu are going this gibraltar today podcast is a little longer than usual professor gagan's time leading the health authority is coming to an end so we put your questions to him in this extended interview.
1: Well, we hope to make an appointment to the new DG uh, in mid-April, if everything goes as planned. Um, Obviously, whoever we appoint will have a period of notice, but I'd like to think we should have the new person actually here in Gibraltar by the summer. Okay, so recruitment is currently underway. Yes. Uh, And is that a difficult challenge? Well, I think we have a lot of people who are expressing an interest in the job. Obviously, what we want to do now is sit down and actually look at... Where the people are coming from? Have they got the right skills? Is it what we want? Because what I'm very keen to do, Jonathan, is that whoever comes, and I'm sure they'll even do a better job than I've done. I always believe when I move on from a job, I want someone to come in and do it even better. But the one thing I want is someone who's going to come and actually work with the community. Because the one thing I have learned since I came here, working with the community and uh, people in Gibraltar are very good at responding and giving you an opinion which I also welcome. Mm -hmm. But I think it has to be a partnership. It can't be someone sitting in an ivory tower and just doing policies and strategies. Is is this sort of... uh,
0: Perhaps, let me read between the lines here. Do you think that sometimes uh, certain... Uh, people, organisations in the community have had an unrealistic view about
1: what their healthcare system might be able to deliver? I think in most countries, people have, at times, an unrealistic view of what we can and can't do. I mean, an organisation as big as the GHA, yes, we want to do as much as we can, but we're limited with resources, we're limited with people. And I think people have to recognise as well nowadays, um, there's more and more new diagnosis being made of patients so just trying to keep up with that needs a big investment Um, so I do think it's not only in Gibraltar the same in the UK no matter where I go everyone's everything but you can't provide everything and what I would like to see is more conversations which I'm trying to do with the public to say we want to do this we'd like to do this but we can't do this
0: Professor Gagan, um, you you mentioned diagnosis there and health comes first. You you shared uh, with us recently the fact that you you yourself are on a cancer
1: journey at the moment. Uh, How are you feeling? I feel good. Obviously, I I like any cancer patient, I have my good days and my bad days, and it depends what treatment I'm having or not having. Um, I have to say, I just got back to Gibraltar this week, and just to come back, the sun was shining, Um, you saw people out smiling, etc., and it does lift my spirits, and it kind of energises me, because in the UK, as you know at the moment, we're going through a horrific uh, winter. But like I said, I'm very positive, and I think cancer patients, uh, a lot of my friends, is amazing. I'm witnessing it now. The fact people say, You've got cancer. Some people can't talk to me. Some people avoid me. Some of my friends are embarrassed and know what to say. And I'm saying to people just because you have cancer, it's all right to talk and it's all right for people to ask you how you are.
0: After receiving that diagnosis and given that positive disposition <coughs> that you've just been uh, talking about, there, um, y- you've decided that you're going to continue to um, fulfill your uh, responsibilities at the helm of the GHA for the next little while but how is it working? You, you, you're sort
1: of um, uh, delegating more than you were before? Yes, I mean obviously I have to delegate it to my team and when I'm not here I have to make sure that my team, there's someone here and I've got um, Sandra Garcia who is my director of nursing and is very well known here in Gibraltar, uh, really stepping in on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but I'm the type of person, I'm at the end of the phone and obviously with technology now I'm always on the WhatsApp or I'm doing some video conferences etc. So it's amazing how how much you can get done even that you're not in the country. But I made a commitment when I came here uh, to our minister and to chief minister, you know, that I would do what I could to actually deliver my agenda. And therefore, just because I've got an illness, I'm not going to give up. So... The fight is still in me to bring about change. Good man, and um,
0: and positive changes uh, that there have been some acknowledged in in recent weeks. Um, on on a personal level, uh, does the cancer diagnosis also throw everything into perspective, and you can almost you almost become bulletproof? You, you know, like if if you see if there's a criticism that's levelled at the GHA, and you think that it's you, you, it, it, Perhaps a bit unfair. Fine, it's still a, a health user or, yes. or, and you need to deal with it. But but you, you've, have you
1: got a new perspective? Um, I, w- I'm, I wouldn't say I'm bulletproof. Um, I think my perspective has changed in that I am now using services. And I'm learning about using services and what people want. And I've always said, and the whole, all of my career, I've said, listen to the public, listen to the people. You can't do everything they want. But the people using services come up with the solutions to problems. Um, and I've always been a good listener. Um, so I think it's just making me realise, one thing it's making me realise in a big way, how fortunate we are in this country to have such a good health service. Now, that doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean we don't need to make improvements. But when I look at waiting times here, when I look at how quickly we can see you, yes, people criticise me and say we can't get through to the GP or I wait two days for a GP, etc. I'm not saying that's right and we have been fixing it and it's got much better. But compared to other countries and people say, well, we're not in another country, we're in Gibraltar. But I do think at times you have to do a comparison. I think Gibraltar is doing extremely well. Yes, there's room for improvement, much more to be done, but we must step back and congratulate, I think, the staff we have in the GHA, the nurses, the doctors, the therapists, the cleaners, the porters. As I always say to people, these people get out of bed in the morning, they come here every day, they leave their families behind, they put their patients first. And yes, we get it wrong at times, Yes, sometimes we have to hold people to account for getting it wrong. But the majority of people in the GHA are good people. And we mustn't forget that.
0: You you mentioned uh, being somebody who's now using the health services as well as uh, directing them for uh, the, the, the coming weeks. Uh, cancer mm-hmm. services are among the services that yes. have been repatriated to Gibraltar services, which traditionally yes. saw people leaving Gibraltar, yes. but are now, uh, uh, peop- those people are receiving treatment in uh, locally. Um, uh, how is that working out from, from a patient's perspective, if you can? What's the sort of thing that, uh, when you've received your treatment, Treatment and you've gone to, to get your uh, c- to see the consultant. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've rubbed shoulders with other cancer patients. What's the sort of thing that you talk about? Uh, uh, yes.
1: Uh, I mean, first of all, I'd say the cancer services we have here, the treatment uh, we have here, and uh, doctors who heads it up, Dr. Ballesteros and his team, are absolutely world class. Uh, the treatment we offer is the best. You know, we opened up a new um, lounge for people coming in for the chemotherapy recently in the GHA and I also announced I'm now signing off the plans for a brand new chemotherapy unit uh, which will start we certainly hope in the new financial year which is going to create a wonderful environment, a relaxing environment when people come here for their treatment when I talk to patients about cancer they talk openly about their illness, they're not shy to talk about it but everyone I speak to say how lucky they are to have the treatment here in Gibraltar and not elsewhere. Um, So I think we have a very, very good cancer service and we're even going to have better in the new year.
0: So, uh, this isn't something that, um, if you don't mind me asking, you are seeking a second opinion on, or you're you're not sort of complementing local treatment with private treatment? No. No, not at all. Which would be your prerogative, I'm just...
1: Of course, no. I think local treatment, I think the services you get in Gibraltar, you wouldn't find in some of the private clinics elsewhere. Um, And the people I speak to, and the patients I speak to, tell me that... Um, And when I go into the chemotherapy unit and I meet patients, the one thing you pick up, Jonathan, is you have people who are smiling. You have people who are very ill. You have people, as we all know, may not recover, but they're smiling, they're happy, and the staff are treating them in a normal way. We're not treating you as someone sick. We're listening to you, and we're responding to how you want us to respond to you.
0: Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Thank you to the Director General of the GHA, uh, Professor Patrick Gagan is in the studio. We've got quite a number of questions uh, to put to him uh, that are coming in from you. Uh, The first, uh, Professor Gagan, comes from Sue, uh, who'd like to know if more orthodontists
1: will be employed. She says it's too much for just one person. Yes. I mean, well, I can say to Sue, what we've done is carried out a major independent review of our dental services here in Gibraltar. Because I've heard a number of issues being raised over the past months since I came about uh, what the service is doing or not doing. Um, the review has come back with a number of recommendations and it was done independently by top uh, dental officers from the UK. And we've set up now a steering group which is made up of our dentists, our dental nurses, our medical director, and other key people, and they're looking at how they're going to translate now the recommendations into practice. And one of the questions has been asked is the future of orthodontic services here in Gibraltar. So that group will be looking at this. So watch, I'd say, Sue, watch this space. In the coming months, we'll be making big announcements about the overall dental services here in Gibraltar.
0: And what would you say to a young parent who's concerned that uh, their child? because of covid and and then a backlog and uh, their child hasn't received the uh, normal advice and and supervision and perhaps intervention uh, that they would have pre-covid and and they are even on occasion uh, i know because i'm a young parent myself being advised to suggest it's an emergency and, and sort of play it up as it were in order to, to be seen yes.
1: um, what would you say to, to young well, parents I, I, I would say to young parents look if a child is in pain and if a child is in need they come and see us and we see people who need that type of a service we're even buying in services from the independent sector we're investing money to try from and the reduce private waiting sector. times from the private sector so we put some money into that as well to try and get the waiting times down it is horrific because I think Covid is not not just dental but all of our services and we're trying to do a catch up but can I show the public, we're not ducking and um, getting away from dentistry, and we recognize dentistry was one of the key services we got to do something about. So, the first review has been done in dentistry. So, if your child's in pain, you still come. look for help from us what's morale like among your dentist staff i think morale was very low i think now that we've done the review and they can see there's light at the end of the tunnel so we've got we're doing something and even one of them said the other day to me this is great at least someone's listening to us someone's sitting around a table so i think it's quite positive vibes we're getting Okay. Um, There's another question that's coming
0: from Jane, who wants to know, when will appointments show up on the eGov
1: diary, and why have reminder text messages stopped? Yes. Well, what we want to do with the reminder text messages, we want to bring back, because you know we brought in a new system when we reformed what we were doing in primary care and making appointments online. So we will be bringing back, the reminder tech systems re again we're working with that department obviously it's not under my control but we're very keen that actually we work very closely together and we use technology to the best of our advantage um What I'm very keen to do is that more and more of our communication with the public is actually done electronically rather than, you know, uh, envelopes and paper because that delays time. Uh, So so the text messages should return? The text message will be coming back. Not only text messages, but also about your results, sending your results to you, etc. Because why does someone have to ring in and be on the line, taking up valuable time of someone who needs to get in for something else, just to be told, do you know what, everything's okay. So I think it's up in the air at the moment.
0: Okay, Daphne asks, um, can you confirm when the dementia strategy will be announced and also when will the dementia coordinator be confirmed in post?
1: Yes, and uh, I know Daphne. And Daphne, thank you very much for that question. Daphne's been on our steering group and helping us to develop this um, strategy and played a a vital key role. She'll be delighted to know, I met with the authors yesterday. We're just doing a little bit of snagging. It's then going out to the steering group, of which Daphne is one, to get some comments. I'm asking the comments be back by the end of this week as possible. I will then be taking it to our minister, and I would like to think we'll be launching our new dementia strategy in the coming weeks. And part of that launch will also be announcing that we will be appointing a dementia care coordinator. Okay, so weeks away. Announcement? Weeks, literally weeks away.
0: Okay, um, Elliot on Twitter uh, says, will the acute mental health ward be moving from... Ocean Views Hospital to St. Bernard's Hospital?
1: We're doing a big review. uh, Well, we've been doing a review, as you know, Jonathan, of mental health since I came here. Uh, When I came here, we had acute beds of 20, and we normally would have 20, 25 patients. That meant some patients were on leave and were using their beds, etc. I think the big breakthrough here is how we've modernised mental health. We've got our crisis team now in place. As a result of that, Jonathan, at times, we can go down to only four Inpatients patients on our acute admission wards now on average we normally have about six but sometimes it drops now that is good because it means our community services and the investment we're making in community services is meeting the needs of people and people have said to me patients and families have said the fact They can ring 111 24 hours a day for help and advice, and they know they'll be seen quickly, has stopped them coming to A&E being admitted to hospital. Now, we are looking at the future of our acute beds. Now, in every other country, in my hospitals back in UK, we would have our acute mental health beds in the acute hospital. Why? because when people come in with a mental health problem they often have physical problems as well so you need to be near a surgeon or a medical staff or to go to A&E or to have x-rays and bloods and I think it's a bit of a disadvantage having you up in Ocean View and having to get an ambulance to get you down an emergency so we are seriously looking and contemplating can we actually create acute facilities at St Bernard's no decision has been made yet but if you were to ask me I would say that would be the right way forward Forward. But that's up for debate and discussion.
0: Okay, that's a, that's an interesting answer. Thank you. Um, uh, while we're on mental health, um, there was a, a report which was deemed positive by people who have uh, not shied away uh, from expressing their concerns uh, about the uh, mental health services on occasion when they when they have needed to. I'm talking about the Mental Welfare Society and uh, the charity spokesperson Conchita Triay had this to say.
1: Something that is that we are actually pleased about is that uh, there seems to have been a radical change in morale because of the change of management in in Ocean Views. And I think this is absolutely crucial.
0: Um, Radical improvement in staff morale. Uh, uh, that's according to, as I say, somebody who has been a critic of mental health services
1: when she has felt that the service needed to be improved in a particular area. And can I thank Conchita? Because yes, I mean, people often say, and myself and Conchita, or when Conchita meets with some of our staff, there can be tension, but that's healthy tension. When you're a pressure group, you come back and you challenge your question. And I really did welcome her words, because if Conchita says things have improved. She means things is getting better. She doesn't say it for the sake of saying it. And another very important report has just come from our Mental Health Board. Now the Mental Health Board is independent from the GHA and it's made up of lay people in the community and they've just delivered their report to Minister and myself and their words again is it is a completely different place this year than it was the previous year when they did their unannounced visits They've under audits They've met with staff, etc. We all acknowledge more needs to be done. But they've also acknowledged the new management team that I have now up up in uh, mental health services are outstanding. And Darren, Natasha and Ashim have to be congratulated. They're the ones delivering it. So I think mental health is a completely different place than it was when I first came.
0: Um, we heard in the news bulletin a short while ago, uh, Professor Gagan, uh, that the Cardiac Association is uh, very happy that uh, a new cardiology suite will mean that in the next year, um, the government will be able to uh, or fulfill a, a manifesto commitment, but more to the point that uh, cardiology... Uh, patients will be able to receive their care here in Gibraltar and maybe I can just ask you to speak to that very quickly.
1: Yes, I mean, Su was absolutely right in saying, I'm delighted about it, that the fact is, at this moment in time, people when in crisis and at risk, we have to take them out of this country into Spain for treatment. With this new unit, you will be treated here in Gibraltar. We will have a new scanner. We have a new cat lab. And that means you will be safer than you ever have been. Um, and I, I, I just had them, this is excellent news for gibraltar uh, and it's a big tick in the box
0: okay andrew asks when will new ambulances arrive in gibraltar
1: well i am so disappointed i was hoping to be here this week and before i went back on friday i could be out there sitting in a new ambulance and um, they should be here within the next week to 10 days and uh, they're literally our team has just gone up to inspect them to make sure all the equipment. Everything is working, but they will be here in the next couple of weeks. We will have new ambulances and we'll have a new first responder car, which is excellent use again for responding in emergency. And then this is going to allow us, Jonathan, to use one of our existing ambulances. We're having it kitted out and we'll be creating our new mobile health unit, which again is going to be a big positive for the people of Gibraltar.
0: Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Some of our um, listeners and viewers have also been commenting on uh, the recall in UK of certain medical products uh, following a conclusion of a post-marketing safety uh, 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 data, Um, there is now a a recall of all falcadine containing medicines. They're being recalled and withdrawn from the UK
1: as a precaution. I hope I pronounced that right, but what's the situation in Gibraltar? If we were worried in our chief pharmacist, we would be doing exactly the same action we will be taking, because we work to the guidance that actually are given to us from the UK. And just in that point as well, I have to say, I'm delighted to announce we've just appointed a new chief chief pharmacist, Melody Gordon um, for the GHA and Mel is a local girl and has a wealth of experience working in the UK, here in community and hospital settings and she will be taking up her post on the 1st of April uh, because we will be losing Ed Freestone who has been the interim chief pharmacist who's done a wonderful, wonderful job but I'm so pleased we could appoint someone local that is really good news for us. Congratulations
0: uh, to her. Um, Right we've got one or two more questions Uh, the next one is from Christine she says several years ago a team was brought over from the UK to clear the
1: backlog of knee replacement um, surgery operations. Uh, Can this be considered once more? What we've done again Jonathan just like the dental services I was concerned about orthopaedics so I brought in an independent team from UK to review our orthopaedic services and they've come up with a number of recommendations. We are now trying to see how we're going to implement these recommendations and one of the things is waiting times that people are waiting far too long and we just want to get uh, our ducks lined up to make sure we're doing it the right way and if there's a need we are looking at how can we clear the waiting list therefore we may be bringing in people to help us or we may have to work in a different way I always say why is our theatres primarily closed at the weekends out of hours etc. Is there ways we could work smarter that we can see more patients and that's something our new medical director Dr Mark Garcia is leading on so again like I said watch this space in the coming months you will be seeing announcements made by the GHA
0: In short, what is the new medical director like? How would you describe him for somebody who who doesn't know him at all? Um, He's
1: young, full of energy, full of challenge, um, and I really am impressed. Um, To date, he's only been in post a couple of weeks, and what he's addressing and the tough decisions he's making alongside me, I think we have a really excellent MD.
0: And finally, Professor Gagan Ayon on Twitter has asked, in the nursing field, is it normal to have uh, as many external agencies as Gibraltar has rendering services at a public hospital? Or is this something, in your experience, that is unique to Gibraltar?
1: Uh, no, it's not unique to Gibraltar. I think if you go to most hospitals in the UK as well, the number of agency staff now being employed is significant. Um, now, the, lo- the good thing about Gibraltar is... We have got a number of vacancies we're trying to fill, but we can't fill them. So we have to get someone in to do the work. But the good news is in September, we're having 20 new qualified nurses coming out from the university here of Gibraltar. That's 20 new nurses for us. And we have another 20 next year and the following year. So for the next three years, we have at least 60 new qualified nurses Being trained here in Gibraltar. And I think that's going to have a significant positive impact on our recruitment here to Gibraltar.
0: Now, sorry, I I said that was the last one, but I've got one more, um, which came in earlier and I'd like to squeeze in if we can. Uh, Will Cochrane Ward be run, which is run by the ERS at the moment, remain at St. Bernard's Hospital or could it? Uh, be um, moved back to uh, the hospital as Galbe Ward has uh, as has happened with Galperwood.
1: And forgive me if, if this is one that you've already covered. Yeah. No, what we're looking at, again, in the hospital, we have a number of people in St Bernard's Hospital who are medically fit. In other words, they don't need to be in hospital, but we have to look at alternative placements for them. Now, we know there's going to be a new building here, the Rook, and I know there's a lot of discussions taking place on what that a new bit and new service is going to be responsible for. But our plans will be to take as many of those older people out of the hospital who don't need to be in hospital. And what we've got to do Jonathan and one of my aspirations for here in Gibraltar is we've got to invest more of our resources in community services because most of us want to be at home in our house, in our bed with our family, but we need support and we need help. And I think at the moment we put a big investment into buildings here in Gibraltar. And what I'm trying to do is change that balance, that we have more services in the community, so that people have choices in where they want to live.
0: Okay, Professor Patrick Gagan, the outgoing, in more than one way, outgoing Director General Jonathan.
1: <laughs> of the
0: Health Authority. Uh, thank you for your time, and we look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Thank you if you sent in uh, a question for Professor Gagan. Uh, it's been great to, to receive those and put them to you because we know that they are meaningful.
1: Uh, Professor Gagan wants to say one yeah, more thing. Could I say one thing, Jonathan, in case uh, I don't see you again? But can I thank the people of Gibraltar for the support they have given me since I came into post we haven't agreed to everything uh, and we've had clashes at times but you know what The um, I would say the willingness of people here in Gibraltar to support GHA is fantastic uh, and I would just like to put on record a big thank you to them Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today I'm Kelly M. Borge the show's producer We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2 getting behind the headlines and you can catch up here whenever you like until next time have a good one
0: gbc podcasts local voices on demand